Hello, is it me you're looking for? Nice. What's up? It's Julie Foudy, along with Lynn Ozawi. Hi, Lenio. Hi, Julie. What's happening? You know, Jules, last we left it, you hinted that you had quite the Halloween costume this year. So what did you go as for Halloween? Well, Lynn, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm a little angry that it took me 48 years to discover this costume. Um, and I went as a human whoopee cushion. <laughs> yes, a human whoopee cushion. So, I was like, this is my costume for life. <laughs> I mean, it really, really oh, speaks to man. me and speaks to everything I'm about. I'm about toilet humor. Um, I mean, really. I, it took me 48 years, and I, I think I'm going to be it for life. Like, every single Halloween, this is me. I'm a whoopee cushion. Oh, yeah. You as a human whoopee cushion. It's so on brand. And you texted me a picture of it. And when I first saw it, I just thought you had really out yourself. <laughs> and then you saw Izzy's costume and, were, and thought, oh, Izzy's even better than her mom. Oh, 100%. Izzy crushed. She was Sia. I do have a follow-up question for you, though, Julie. How in the world... Did you even know a whoopee cushion costume existed? So, great question. Capital J journalist. Um, my friend, a mom on Izzy soccer team, we were having um, a outing. And she said, oh, I can't go to that because I was emailing all the moms on the soccer team. And she said, because we have our little annual family Halloween party going on and um, and she said, and I can't miss my dad as a as a human whoopee cushion. And I said, excuse me, what did you say your dad was? She goes, a human whoopee cushion. I was like, how did I never think of that? So I immediately went to the Google mm -hmm. and I found on Amazon a human whoopee cushion. And the first person I sent a picture of, of course, was the mom. And I said, tell your dad, thank you. That's good stuff. It definitely made me laugh, no doubt. All right. Shall we set the scene for this episode, which is very timely, I think, as college basketball season just kicked off. You want to set the scene, Len? This was a live podcast we did at the Julie Foudy and ESPNW Sports Leadership Academy whoop, whoop. in New Jersey, and we got to interview the incredible... Tamika Catchings in front of all of the campers, as well as the awesome JFSLA staff. And Tamika was at camp because we introduced basketball this year for the first time in New Jersey. We've always done soccer and lacrosse, and you'll hear her mention that. Um, but Tamika ran the show on the basketball side of things, because you definitely don't want me running that show. Um, and we have, for a very long time, been trying to get Tamika and basketball added. And so we were thrilled to have her join us this year. And as you will hear, she is beyond amazing. And to give everyone a sense of time and place, this was recorded the day after the World Cup final had taken place. So that would be July. 
And Julie, you had literally flown in that same day from France and came directly to camp. You would work the World Cup final, mm-hmm. got on a plane, mm-hmm. landed in Newark, yeah. went directly to camp and hit the ground running. And I have no idea how you were functioning. We did this podcast in the evening. Boom! Donuts, baby! Just need a little sugar, Lynn. Come on. You know it. One note to our listeners, this was recorded in a high school auditorium, so please be forgiving a little bit if the audio isn't perfect. We did our best. We've included in my live introduction of Tamika all of her background, so that means it's time to get comfortable listening. It's Tamika Catchings. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time, find it and enjoy it life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. I'm going to introduce you guys to Tamika Catchings. <laughs> A little bit of background on our podcast guest. She played basketball for the University of Tennessee. Played for the late, great Pat Summit, which we'll talk about today. She won a NCAA championship in 1998. Oh, yes, she did. Is that right? year old, she says. Uh, Drafted out of college by the WNBA's Indiana Fever, where she played her entire career, where she was WNBA Rookie of the Year in 2002. She's a 10-time WNBA All-Star. Five-time Defensive Player of the Year. WNBA MVP, as in most valuable player. Oh, and she has four Olympic gold medals. She's only one of ten players to have won a world championship, an Olympic gold medal, an NCAA title, and a WNBA title. She's won at every level. She's now, she's now got a real job, I'm sorry to say. She's now the vice president, and this is a real job, of basketball operations with the Indiana Fever, where she played, as we said, her entire WNBA career. And in 2004, this is something that's near and dear to us, as we've been talking about all week at the Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy. Tamika launched her own nonprofit called Catch the Stars. She uses basketball to teach kids about mentoring and literacy, and she goes into underprivileged areas and gives basketball clinics and free clinics uh, and tries to teach them how to be successful in sports and academics. So please put your hands together for Tamika Catchings! Good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like my chair. There we go. Oh, these Ooh, are swivel. Yeah, they swivel. Yeah. 
Okay, before we get into the basketball, Tamika, I noticed this one stat that is in fine eight-point font, so I had to have my glasses on to read it. Did you all know she first was a soccer player? Yes. Soccer was my first sport, softball was my second sport, and I did not actually start playing organized basketball until I was in third grade. <laughs> yes! How did we lose you to soccer? My dad played professional basketball. So, yeah. So? So I wanted to follow in his footsteps. So Sorry. what are you saying, Tamika? So I'm saying yeah. that I love all of my soccer players as well as my lacrosse. Yeah. However, my love, my heart, goes to basketball. Oh. Sorry. We'll talk about your dad a little bit later. When did you first know that basketball's for me? This is my love. And gosh, I'm pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade. Seventh yeah. grade, I remember I was sitting in my room, and I tore out, I love journals. That's my big thing. And so I tore out a piece of paper, and I was in my room. I wrote down my goal, and I ran down the, the hall to my brother and my sister's room, and I was like, my brother and my sister's name, Kenyon and Taja, was like, hey, yeah, Kenyon, Taja, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And they both were like, what, what, what? And I showed them my piece of paper, and then they were like, oh, that's so cool. Have you told mom? Have you told dad? So I grabbed my paper, I ran down the stairs, you know, we like to make as much noise, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> get downstairs, like, mom, dad, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And I pulled out my paper and I tried to like straighten it as straight as a piece of paper could go. And I gave it to them. And on my paper, literally said, one day I will be in the NBA. Because the WNBA was not around. Oh, right. And so my goal was to follow my dad and be in the NBA in seventh grade. Aw. And what did they say? If anyone can do it, you can. Anyone can do it, you can. And I believe from that moment, and no offense to the girls, ladies, I did not play with girls at all. Because my goal was to be in the NBA, and I don't know if you've seen the NBA players, but there's not many females out there. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to play, and I had to prepare myself to play with the guys. So your dad played 11 years in the NBA. Was he playing, how old were you when he was actually playing? I was born pretty early, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Compared to these kids, I'm like, ooh, I'm old now. I feel you, Tamika. Five years. I watched him play for five years professional. You so, did? So you got his last five years? Last five years, and then we actually moved to Italy for a year, so for six years. Wow. That's awesome. And did your mom play any sports? My mom was really, she's really fast. So my mom was in track, track and field, and she was a really good tennis player. So yeah, no basketball though, and no no soccer, I'm sorry, and no lacrosse for sure. So yeah. So the thing that interests me too, when I look at all the accolades and we just went over all of them, the one that always stands out to me in athletes that rise above as you have, I mean, there's there's great athletes and then there's great athletes <laughs> and you Tamika are a great athlete as you are too uh, uh, no 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 I haven't reached that level but the the thing I mean I don't have four Olympic gold medals I look at that it's hard to be great it's really hard to be consistently great 
Where did the consistently great come from? I would say, and I talked a little bit about this before with this group, but really I was born with a hearing disability. And we lived overseas. I said we lived in Italy for a year. So I was in first grade when we, when we lived in Italy. Moved back to America in second grade. And that was the worst year of my life. Like literally every single day I went to school, I got made fun of for the way that I talked, for my hearing aid, for being different, just being out of place. And so I would determine, and that was the first year I started playing soccer. And I would determine to be really good in sports. And I figured if I could go out and I could practice and I could take my soccer ball and I could go anywhere and I could just practice and practice and practice, that I would be one of the first ones to get picked up on a team anywhere. And so that was my motivation. And when I made my goal in seventh grade, my routine was always the same. I would wake up, I would go outside, I would dribble a little basketball, come back in, get ready for school, you know, do breakfast, go to school, come back, do my homework, do whatever I had to do around the house. And then I was outside playing basketball all day. Mm -hmm. When I was mad, when I was happy, when I was sad, whether it was raining, whether it was snowing, no matter what the weather, I was outside at a basketball court. And it was just that level of commitment to wanting to play the sport and knowing that I would have to be not just this good and not just great, but I would have to be beyond great to be in the NBA. And I was like, I can do it. My mom and dad said I could do it. So I have to do all the extra work to make sure that when the draft comes, they will call my name. And you, <laughs> and you knew that as a kid. Mm-hmm. In seventh grade. And eighth grade was the first time I saw Pat Summit, and it was just like, ah. As far as thinking, I'm going to have to work so hard. You were that young. You were the ages of these kids. Mm -hmm. And you said, if I'm going to make this happen, I have to be committed all the way. Yep. And I think it's funny because the basketball girls know, like, I am all about, like, come on, guys, bring the energy, let's go. Right? Can I get a woo? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But I am. And I'm all about that because I was so driven in seventh grade. Like, I went to camps like you guys, and I did a lot of different things. But I was so driven to be the best, even at that age. Like, I would do whatever it was to stand out and not necessarily. And, mind you, I didn't talk to people. Right. Because people made fun of the way that I talked. So, like, my way of speaking was through my sports. (sighs) So go back to the hearing loss that you mentioned, because I think a lot of people in basketball know that story, but people outside of basketball Mm -hmm. don't know that story. So take us back to when you discovered that you couldn't hear. So I was three years old, and I was sitting in the playground. My my dad was behind me, and um, I was building the coolest sandcastle, right? That's what I tell everybody. (laughs) And my dad was saying my name. He was saying, Tamika. Tamika, Tamika, and then he said it again. Tamika, 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 and I didn't flinch. I didn't turn around. Nothing. And my older brother Kenyon, he was born with a, a hearing disability too, so they had just taken him to get tested and all of that, and found out that he was going to have to wear hearing aids. And then my sister, I always say she's the perfect one, and so <laughs> nothing. Everything about her is perfect. She's beautiful. Perfect eyesight, I wear contact glasses, I got hearing aids, I got a speech impediment, I got everything. <laughs> My superpower, right, as I said. 
And um, so, yeah, so then my mom and dad took me to get tested and found out that I had a hearing disability. And at the age of three, I had no idea what that meant other than having to wear hearing aids. And then, of course, even while my dad was playing, I really didn't know because when you're in that environment, when you're in the NBA family, you know, like you're already living in a bubble. So it's not like you're really exposed to much outside of that. Hmm. But then when I came back, when, when he retired and we came back, and having to be kind of like outside of your bubble and that being thrust into like a world that you don't know, you discover. Then I always say first grade, second grade was the first time I realized that I was different from anybody else. Because every day they made sure that I knew that I was different. What would they say? Well, I, um, <laughs> because I couldn't hear and, you know, or because I had the hearing aid. A lot of it were just questions, and then some of it were just taunting. Yeah. And then, you know, just people, the kid didn't understand Italy is actually a part of the world, and so then they were like, you're from outer space. Uh, that's why you have these. You're like, yeah, no. So. And back then, the hearing aids were, were bigger, yeah. right? Yeah, I have the real, I have small ones now, so you can't really see them. Hope they're not dirty. <laughs> but yeah, so... It's kind of, like, invisible. How much hearing loss do you have? And then tell us about your ability to read lips. So, yeah, um, so I have mild or moderate to severe hearing, which not, I can still hear. Like, even a lot of people were like, hey, I saw you in the airport. I was trying to get your attention. I don't wear my hearing aids in the airport on purpose. (laughs) So, you know, if you yell my name... Especially if you yell it from behind, I will definitely not hear you. And maybe sometimes it's selective. I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering if there are any other on-purpose times you... Well, no, no, of, of you. course you not. Like of course not. Of course not. But uh, in second grade, so as I told you guys, second grade was when I realized that I was different. But it was also the year that I chose to throw away my hearing aids. And so I had to live without my hearing aids, and I learned how to do four things. I learned how to read lips really fast. And second thing, I would sit in the front row of every one of my classes. Third thing, I would read, like literally take the textbook and read chapters for the textbook, because I figured that something that I read, the teachers would cover in school. And then the fourth thing, after every single class, I would make sure that I stayed and talked to my teachers. Because as long as the teacher was facing me, I could read her lips, her or his lips. But as soon as he turned to write on the chalkboard, I couldn't read his lips. I couldn't read their lips. And so after class, I would have to have them fill in the blanks. So I'd have like word blank, word blank, and they would have to help me fill in the blanks. Wow, and they would. Right. Because I knew even at that point, like I knew that I wanted to succeed. And I really knew that, all right, I threw my hearing aids away. My mom and dad can't afford to buy new hearing aids because I chose to do it. And so I literally went from second grade all the way to my freshman year in college. Without, without, without him. But I got really good at reading lips. Like my <laughs> brother and I, we would sit in room and my sister would come in and she's like, well, can y'all talk to well? Or can y'all make well, you guys? And we'd be in a room watching TV with no sound. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we watch TV, like... Because even, and even now, like, my husband is amazing because, you know, we don't watch movies unless I can have the subscripts on, the subtitles on, because I still have to think about, like, it's almost like I have asthma, too, sports-induced asthma, so it's almost like with asthma, if you don't take your pump, 
No, do we all know somebody that has asthma? So if you don't take your puff, it makes your heart beat faster. And it puts extra pressure on your heart that you don't really want to do. And so the same thing with hearing. If we don't wear our hearing aids, it makes our brain and our body almost have to like rev super, super fast just to keep up with the words. And so it's easier for me. I can hear with my hearing aids and I can hear even without my hearing aid. But if I can read the words, it's a lot easier for me to watch the movie. How did it help you with basketball? Basketball is a, it's a it's sign language, like all sports, I think. But basketball in particular, I mean, our coach, we have signs for every single play. But I do believe that sometimes, and even as I've gotten older, I've gotten really good at kind of looking around yeah. and trying to, like, make sure if I can see if somebody's talking before they actually talk to me, like, do they look like they're about to talk to me? Right. So at least I can kind of focus and lock in a little bit. But I think on the court, it just gives you, like, that sixth sense. Yeah, because you have to anticipate. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly, in soccer, you always want to have, we used to say, your head, you know, on a swivel, where you're seeing what's Mm -hmm. behind you or eyes in the back of your head. And it forces that because you can't hear it coming, I imagine. So it was your sixth sense. It Mm -hmm. was your superpower, huh? That's amazing. Talk about taking what could have been a negative and flipping it into a positive. Gosh. Yeah. When you look back at all of your different accolades, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of our foundation. Ah. I am most proud of our foundation, the Catch the Stars Foundation. My sister and I, when we moved to Indiana, we both moved together and started doing programs in 2001, finally got a 501c3 nonprofit status in 2004. But the way that I look at it is, unfortunately, we're going to get you an age where People are going to be like, okay, who is that? And she played when? And even oh, now, like... babe, I'm already getting <laughs> that, Tamika. But the one thing that you have, for 14 years, you've been running this foundation, or you've been running this leadership camp. Yeah. And you have players that have graduated and have moved on and have come back and want to be a part of something that you've created. And that's where your impact is way bigger than anything you did on the soccer field, way bigger than anything that I'll ever do on the basketball court. And I think that's the most important thing is to be able to pay it forward and do something great and have such a great impact in the world that it makes a difference. I I actually have a question for you, Julie, to piggyback off of what Tamika just said. What was your impetus for starting this camp? You did a sports camp. What was the word you just used? Impetus. Impetus. How do you spell that? (laughs) I am. I I am P-E. T-U-S. T-U-S. And what does that mean? (laughs) Definition. Motivation. Did y'all know that? No. See? (laughs) Impetus. She tried to use big words on her. See? That's what those from Notre Dame do. (laughs) I mean, I didn't go to Stanford or Tennessee, but... So what, Julie, was your motivation for doing something? You started as a sports camp, but then you added the leadership. Um, Because I felt that we were not discussing all the gifts that sports give us. Mm. That we were so consumed in how many goals and what did I do and what level am I playing and what college am I going to. And I felt the real gift of sports is that we are we're learning about our personalities we're learning about how to deal with setbacks and get out of our comfort zone and go forward and be great human beings and we weren't talking about that enough 
And now we are. And now we are. And now we are. And they're going back into their communities with these great leadership projects, which is why I, I love that answer. I mean, think of all the things you could have checked off, right? You could have said my fourth Olympic gold medal because it was the hardest, right? Or because I was the oldest or my MVP or my championship or my WNBA. I mean, look at all that list we, we reeled off. And the thing you go to is your impact on others. It warms my heart. Well, I think it's the same as you, though, you know. So I don't even know when we first officially met. Right. Somebody was asking, I was like, do you, do you remember? No. The official? I don't. Yeah, no. I don't either. But somehow I ended up at her camp in Chicago. Uh-huh. However. I think it was through ESPN way back, yeah. Yeah. We probably did something together. Uh-huh. But anyway, she invited me to her camp in Chicago and... At that point, it was just a soccer academy, Uh soccer leadership academy. Mm -hmm. And I remember going and just thinking, like, this is so cool. How awesome are all these young ladies? And they were just, like today, having so much fun. And I told her, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm thinking about building a gym. And the first thing that I want to add when I build my gym is a leadership academy. And she was like, okay, great. We'll, We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Just come here. So I sucked and I her didn't into build the my vortex. gym. And I didn't build my gym, but here we are. <laughs> God, that's a lot. That's a lot. It is a lot. I remember that. It's I remember fun, that. Um, how do you stay humble? Because that's the thing. Whenever you meet anyone who's met Tamika, they go, I love her. <laughs> Solid, salt of the earth human being. Salt of the earth. <laughs> I would say my mom, my mom, my dad. My mom and dad got divorced. A little bit after, I told him, I showed him my goal, and um, so I stayed with my mom, my dad, moved out. We all still have such a great relationship, but my mom and dad really have always been solid, and especially my brother and my sister, Taja and Kenyon, um, they will be the first one to put me in check if I even start to think a little bit of myself. Too much of myself, and you know, I don't know. I just I, with them, my faith is a big part of who I am. And when I look at Jesus Christ and just the way that he's lived, that he lived his well, lived in each one of us, you know, his, his humbleness is something that we always read through the Bible, and that is mm-hmm. that's who I am. I'd actually like to take us back to, you said you started wearing your hearing aids again your freshman year of college. What was the reason behind that? Did Pat Summit have any role in that? And I'd love to talk with you about your experience at Tennessee playing for Pat Summit. Yeah, so my, uh, the first time I, I was in eighth grade and I was sitting and had to be, you know, at some point I was sitting at home and I'm flipping through the channels. How many times have we gone through this? Oh my gosh, there's nothing to watch on TV. Right? Oh, so irritating. <laughs> and I'm flipping through the channel, all of a sudden, the, the TV was just like a pair of eyes. And it was just like, the whole screen was just eyes. And I remember I was like, oh my God, this is kind of creepy. <laughs> but for whatever reason, that's the only thing that's on TV. And so I just was kind of like, mm, okay, like watch it for a second, see what this is about. And then it panned out. And it was the first time I really had seen women playing basketball on TV. And of course, there would be orange all over the place. 
a sea of orange in the stands and this crazy lady stomping back and forth on the sidelines just screaming at her players and I was like, whoa, that lady's crazy. (laughs) But this is pretty cool. And I said, one day, if I could ever get good enough, I would love to play for, for her. And then fast forward, you know, made all these other goals and stuff before that, got, ended up getting picked to, or signing to go to University of Tennessee. And freshman year, I don't even remember what happened. But after practice, Pat came up to me and she was like, hey, catch. I have to call him catch. Hey, catch, I need to see you in the training room. And you know how it is. Your parents, the coaches, your teachers, anybody, anytime somebody's like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? And so literally I get to the training room and I sit on the table and coach, so Pat was in there and our trainer at the time, Jenny Moshat. And so Pat just started drilling me with all these questions, you know, like when, when people can't walk right, what do they need? And I'm like, oh, sometimes they need a cane, sometimes, you know, they need something under their shoe. Then when people can't see, what are they, oh, they need contacts and glasses. And she went through like a series of things. <laughs> You're like, okay, I get yeah, it. No, right, I was, no, I didn't even know. I was oh, just going know. along with it. I'm like, oh, okay, let me go. <laughs> Play this game, yes. <laughs> this is a great game. And then at the end, the last question was, when people can't hear, what do they need? And I was like, oh, man, they need hearing aids. And she was like, I had to talk with your mother. <laughs> Trouble. I had a talk with your mother and she told me that you have a hearing disability and that you should be wearing hearing aids. And at that point she said, catch, one day your story will impact thousands, maybe millions of people. And I remember literally looking at her and thinking to myself, I knew she was crazy in eighth grade. (laughs) I made this decision to come here and I really know she's crazy because I did not talk at all. Up until literally my junior year of high school, when my mom and I moved out to Texas and my sister stayed. So freshman and sophomore year, my sister and I played together. She two, uh, she's a year old, we're 21 months apart. So after games, I was the offensive player, Taja was the, the defensive player. So of course the media wants to interview, what the offensive player, right, you know. And so after the game, all the TV would come up and they're like, Tamika, you had such a great game. Tell us about that game, tell us about it. And I would stand there. And my sister would fly in out of nowhere and she would answer all my questions. And I would just stand there. (laughs) (laughs) And so when she, when Pat said that I would, my story, and I was like, first of all, nobody will ever hear my story. I will never share my story. I will never speak about my story. I will never do any of that because I was ashamed. Mm. And I started wearing my hearing aids. I started going back to speech class. Wow. As a freshman in college. And then here we are. Not that easy, but it's been some years. Wow. (laughs) And and that Pat understood the power of sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That she saw that Mm -hmm. right away. It's it's really cool. Like, Shamiqua was in town, Shamiqua Holesclaw. If you guys don't know her, you need to Google her. She is like a huge, huge player that I looked up to and was just a blessing. She's two years older than me, but she was at Tennessee before I got there. And it's funny because even for her, she was, we were talking the other day and she was saying how Pat prophesized 
over her life. And, you know, she's going through, she talks a lot in the mental health uh, space right now. So she travels around and goes to different colleges. And amazing. If you don't know her, Shmiko Holdclaw, y'all need to look her up, Google or whatever. Yeah. But that's what she does. She just goes around. But she said, and like, she was like, I would have never even thought that I'd be in this space. But she's been through a lot of adversity in her life and ups and downs and, and now just getting out and being able to talk about it and share her life and her experiences. And Pat really put that bug in her, too, like one day. Right. You know, you, you're, you're, you're going to share your story. And she didn't know what that looked like. I mean, I'm sure she didn't think it was going to be the mental health space. Right. But here we are. Pat Summit is a legendary women's basketball coach where... Um, where Tamika went to college at University of Tennessee. Just tell them a little bit about her and what her impact was on you. I could go a million ways with this, but the one thing that I always say, the thing that Pat taught me the most and taught all her players, she always said, we're going to be great. We're not only going to be great on the floor, on the court. We're going to be great on the court. We're going to be great in the classroom. We're going to be great in the community. But beyond all of that, we're going to be great people. Because being an athlete... It's going to come and go. <laughs> it's going to come and go. But the type of person you are and the type of person that you are that people want to be around, that's where your character comes in. And, I, you know, I think about what I learned from Pat. How many of you guys have been around somebody that you, like, they're your role model or they're somebody that you really respect? And even though you're not watching them, you're watching them. That's really what it is. Like, even for me, even though I wasn't watching Pat, when she would walk in a room, like if she came in this room right now, everybody would be quiet. And her presence, her aura, just her, who she is and what she represents, even if you didn't know who she was, you would just stop. <laughs> and just be like, man, who is it? Like, I really want to, who is this lady? Those blue eyes. You saw them. You saw them. She's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Did you ever get those blue eyes? In a tough moment? Yeah, I got them. <laughs> I got them. So she was very well known for her stare down. And that was what caught me. The glare. The glare she had. Icy blue eyes. That it just... Woo. <laughs> so my first practice, University of... Can I tell you this? Yeah. Can I tell you? All right. So my very first practice at the University of Tennessee, we came in as the Fab Four. Samika Randall, Teresa Jeter... Uh, Christian H. Clement and myself, right? Coming out the Fab Four, before we get to practice, everybody, all the vets were just like, oh my gosh, you know, practice is so hard. You guys better be ready. You better be in shape. Better do this. So I'm like, okay. Like, we go and we run hills. We go to the football stadium. We're running up and down the football stadium. So we get to practice and we always had open practice. So there's all these people because first practice, all the fans want to come and watch to see who are the freshmen, how good are they going to be, are they going to be any good at all, right? One of the first players, I told you guys in high school, I was the offensive player, and my sister was the defensive player. So we get to this defensive drill, and I get up, and I'm getting my defensive stance. And all of a sudden, Tamika, get your butt down. Get your arm out. I said, okay, butt down, arms out. And I got beat over and over and over again. And I was like, this in my head. I'm like, this is not the way you play defense. You don't get beat on defense when you play the right way. 
That's not the right way. I know the right way. She doesn't know. And by the way, they had won a championship the year before, but don't worry about that. <laughs> so I, get to, I finally get a stop. I get to the end of the line. I come back up. I get my defensive stand. Tamika! Same thing. Butt down, arms out. I get beat over and over and over again. Now, like, I'm just, like, infuriated inside. Like, you know how you get to that point when you're mad and just feel like the bubble's just bubbling up and it's just waiting to... So oh, the third time I get, so I go in line, I get back up to the front. Now Pat's like over in the corner, her head's not even, like she's not even facing the basket. <laughs> so I get up and I get my defensive stance. And I hear, Tamika! <laughs> what? And I looked around and how quiet it is here was how quiet it was in that gym. <laughs> and I remember thinking, did I say that? Or did I think that? Wait, did you, you scream back to her, what? What? Oh, God. Oh, dear. And when I looked in the stands, like, peripheral is such an important part, right? One of the fans was like... <laughs> I was like, oh, no! She said, get your butt down. Get your arm out. <laughs> we never had a moment like that after. I am a quick learner. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till I walk in the gym here at camp and all I hear is, but now! Oh, we're going to have defense out! tomorrow. Who's in for defense? Yeah! Squat! <laughs> they know. I, I saw I, that was yeah. good energy for defense. I have one more Pat Summit question I could ask about a billion. Is there a moment now in your life outside of basketball where you're doing something and you say, oh, that's Pat. I learned that from Pat. Everything I do. (laughs) I mean, legit. um, I wanted to start a foundation to be able to impact boys and girls, young boys and girls, to be able to ha- allow them the opportunity to catch their dream one star at a time. And that's what Catch the Stars is. But her legacy was were not just on the court. I've never had the desire to coach. Yeah, and me I, either. Because I have no patience. <laughs> well, I have some patience, a little bit. But when I think about Pat and I think about the things that she was able to instill in each one of us, now when I do my foundation and I do a lot of the things, I try to basically take all of that and teach yeah. that to the kids that I'm around. Mm-hmm. And she just had an impact on every single person, every single phase of life, every single thing she did, she had an impact. She had to be just incredible. She's incredible. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I talk about, Pat passed away three years ago and we celebrated her life um, the anniversary last Friday and um, I really think like even every day that she's still with us you know like I mean I feel like everything that I do and everywhere I go I don't really talk about her past tense because I feel like what I do and the things that I'm involved in like she's still here right. not that I get to talk to her like I did and you know all of that but it's uh, her impact you know still here gosh to have an impact like that in one's life right mm-hmm. this is what you wish in so many humans and you're doing that to me so are you sister you're doing it 
Now that you're done playing, what motivates you? Um, thing that motivates me is y'all, the kids. You guys motivate me to be better every day, and that is what drives me, is knowing that hopefully a little bit of what you see in me will inspire you enough to be great, and that's what we need, greatness. Yeah. And leaders, leaders. Right? Well, when I, it's, it's amazing the energy you get from a camp like this, because you're around the youth, and especially young women, and all of a sudden you go, oh, we're going to be all right. Thank God. In fact, we're going to be great. Mm-hmm. All right, no pressure, you guys. Yeah, no pressure. All right, Lynn, <laughs> should we play your game? We always end with a few segments. Let's do it. I don't know, are you two, do you have any experience being competitive or no, anything? No, experience. Have you ever, ever won anything? Because this is a little bit of a competitive game. Oh, let's do this. Okay. This game is called Leading by Example. All right. Two leaders who lead by example by being just themselves. And all of the questions are related to incredible female leaders. There are two rules to this game. Rule number one is you have to squeak in with an answer. Tamika, since you're the guest, you get to decide if you want the blue dog or the elephant. Ah, we'll do the elephant. All right. That's Julie's lucky blue dog. Uh, It's so weak, this one. The blue dog. So this—that's rule number one. You have to squeak in with an answer. Wait, well, you have to wait for the answer to be done. Okay, so that's a question rule. to be done. I mean, sorry, question. <laughs> Thank you. Because everyone cheats. I heard about you. I already heard about you. They all cheat. That's rule number two. We are now calling it the Christine Lily rule. Yeah. Question one: Is Oprah Winfrey? Right-handed, left-handed, or ambidextrous? Ambidextrous. <laughs> Does that mean it was wrong? Well, you you know, I'll let you give an answer. It right-handed. Was, you both are incorrect. Oh! Did y'all know that? No. Okay. All right. Help me. Zero, zero. <laughs> Still tied. How many women have served on the Supreme Court? You didn't say names, you just said how many, right? Serve or serve? Have served, total. Sonia. You don't have to name them, but you can can give a number. I see you're thinking it through. Sandra Day O'Connor, RBG, Sonia, so it's three. Three! (laughs) Incorrect. Would you like to try and steal the answer? Isn't it 11? Incorrect. Wait, wait, wait. Eleven? Is that what you said? I said eleven. We can, you can, you can pull the audience. Four. There's four. Oh, Hagen. Four. Four is the correct answer. Nice. Thank you. Can I get a point? Can I get a point? That camper gets a donut. You get a donut. I am totally incorrect. All right. You get a donut. God, I forgot about these. I'm gonna have to have one. Question three. Right. The score is still zero, 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 zero. <laughs> and one. Sarah Blakely is a self-made billionaire and inventor of what product that helps women feel more confident? No, I bumped in too early. We'll allow it. Thanks. Correct. She's already eaten her donut. Come on. 
donut. I only had half. Now I'm going for the other half. Thank you, Tamika. That's how I do donuts. <laughs> Next question. Does Tamika Catchings know Michelle Obama? Yeah, she does. I buzzed first. Yeah, you yes. did buzz. How do you know it real quick? How do I know Michelle Obama? So we did a Let's Move campaign oh. in um, Iowa together. And then also when, um, when Barack, <laughs> when President Obama, My was, buddy Barack. <laughs> when he was uh, on his campaign before he was the president, he actually came and we did three on three in Indiana on his campaigning tour. And so, yeah, we get to... Visit the White House a couple of times before. A couple of times. Hey, with my BFFs. I wish. Michelle and no, Barack. They're, they're good people. Yeah, they That's are. pretty cool. Here's the tiebreaker. How many Grammys has Beyonce won? Oh, come on. You do this to me every time. I'll give you options. Google it. Okay, was it? 23! 23! You can have my donut. You get a donut. You can have my donut. Do you want my donut? You can have my donut. Because I won. She went to the Google. Because I won. She went to the Google. Oh, man. I feel like I've been losing a lot lately. Well, you won yesterday. Thank you. That's a win. That's a win. (laughs) That was yesterday. I was like, what was yesterday? Oh, yeah. What were we doing yesterday? Probably yesterday. Last segment, most pressing questions, Tamika. Second to last segment. Just kidding, Uh second to last segment. You have a tea and coffee shop. Please explain. It's called Tease Me, T-E-A apostrophe S. Get it? Yeah. (laughs) Just checking. Tease Me, yes. So because we moved around a lot, my mom would always make sure that we had family time and there was always tea around. And so when I moved to Indiana, um, when I moved to Indiana, one of, somebody knew that I enjoyed tea. Uh-huh. What you doing over there, Jules? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was the donut I wanted. I have a problem. You like the blueberry? I do. Blueberry is my favorite. It's okay. You can have it. I only took a quarter of it. But yeah, so uh, tea was just something that brought our family together. And so when I moved to Indiana, somebody told me about this tea shop I had to go to. And so I went for about 10 years. I was a customer. And then 20, right after I retired, so 2016, the couple that owned it said they were moving and they were going to let it go. And so I was like, no, no, we got to find somebody. So and so you found you. I didn't mean it, but it happened. But t- for two weeks, I literally... Two weeks straight, it came up in my dream somehow. Like either I was huh. driving by or I was drinking tea or somebody else was talking about teas me like it came up in my dream. <gasps> and so finally I asked my husband, I was like, what do you think about us? Like, what about me? And he was like, anything that you're passionate about, it works. And oh. so he was like, do it. Look and at that. here we are. So when you guys come to Indiana, how many Indiana people do we have? We have four. Thank you for my four people. Yes. When you guys come to Indiana, if you ever come to Indiana, because at some point I'm sure you will come to Indiana, 
You should come to tease me. Tease me. That's Cafe. such a cute name. You once scored. You once scored a quintuple double in high school. Please explain yourself, Tamika. Oh my goodness, I don't know what happened. Do you guys know what a, qu- a quint quintuple is? No. Tell them what the five are, Tamika. This is amazing. So we have points, we have steals, rebounds, assists, and turnovers. <laughs> Just kidding. Blocks. Turnovers and blocks. And blocks. And when you get a quintuple double, that means you've made it into the du- like double digits of all of those categories. That's amazing. That was in high school, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yeah. Huh? You were on America Ninja Warrior. Please explain. (laughs) Please explain. I don't know what happened. Did you volunteer yourself for that? Because if so, I bow to you. Because those people are like little twigs and tiny. Yeah, and they used to be gymnasts. Which yeah. is why I was like, oh, like literally we, when I got there and got amongst all the people, I literally looked like the jolly green giant. <laughs> I know. With all these people. And I'm just like, people are like, I can't see. I'm like, okay, step in front of me. <laughs> I don't want to get in your way. Trust me. You won't. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a really cool experience. Definitely something that I would just like, I never in my life thought I would be on American Ninja Warrior and the opportunity presented itself and I was like you know what I don't want to just be one of those athletes that gets invited to be on something and then you show up and you go out in the first round so I trained I mean I, I legit trained for about two months two and a half months to get ready for it and it was awesome you look like you're having fun I saw you I saw yeah, a lot of awesome. posts on social media yeah I did too yeah, I awesome. didn't actually see it because I was in France but you okay. did well yeah, I'm going back. Are you? Yeah. I want to hit the buzzer. Oh. Yeah. I've got to hit the buzzer. I will not go out like that. When I saw some of those other people, I'm like, he didn't even look athletic. And he hit the buzzer? How did he get through all of that? I know. Yeah, I'm going back. Oh, I, I got to like hit it. the buzzer. You're going to hit the buzzer? All right, I like it. Favorite quote? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All right, our last segment is something we call high low cheer. So this is something I do around the dinner table with my kids. It actually comes from I stole it from Marty McNanny, who is a JFSLA staff person who's awesome. And um, she does it with her kids. I stole it from her. And it's the high of the day, your low of the day, and your cheer for the day. But for you, I want the high of your career, the low of your career, and someone you cheer for. Oh, man. High of my career would be winning a WNBA championship 2012 for the Indiana Fever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over the the Olympic gold. You know, the difference is Olympics... You pull all of the great together, yeah, to go and compete, and like you're you're on such a high level, you know, as far as like the intensity, just everything is like up here, 
right? All the great players. I mean, you know, all the great players on one team mm-hmm. and you're expected to win. I feel like the difference for us in the WNBA, nobody expected us to win. Uh-huh. When we made the playoff, people were like, oh, they'll, they'll lose in the first round. And then we made it to the next round. Oh, they'll lose in this round. And then we made it to the next round. Oh, they'll lose. And then we played Minnesota. And then they were like, oh, they're definitely going to lose. And when we won, I mean, our best, our number one shooter went down in the second round. The next best shooter went down the next in our championship round. And so people were like, oh, my gosh, they have no shooter. I'm like, hello, can we not shoot? Can we not all shoot? But anyway, and when we won, I mean, we were going against Maya Moore, Sylvia Fowle, um, Lindsey Whalen, Simone Augustus, Rebecca Brunt. I mean, they have their starting five was amazing. Four out of the five were Olympians, some of my teammates. We weren't, and it was, on our team, it was just me. And then everybody else, of course, like, not, no offense to my teammate. But we literally, we talk about team, we literally figured out how to win together. And everybody pulled, I mean, players that had never played, hadn't played in games pretty much the whole season now, like they're playing, and they stayed ready for that moment, and we won. And I'm like, that is something that I will never forget. That's awesome. Your low of your career. Lows, 2009, we went all the way to game five. We lost to Phoenix Mercury. So I remember, I'm like, okay, like we made it all the way to the finals. So of course we're going to go back in 2010. Yeah, we got knocked out in the first round of the playoff. And I was devastated. Yeah, Yeah, it was a rough night. I just remember walking around New York City Mm. all night. And then finally one of my coaches probably found me around 3 o'clock in the morning. and was like, okay, like you don't have to talk to me. But I'll walk with you. And so we walked and then wow. got back to the door or back, back to the hotel about five in the morning and the bus was like at five forty five. But I was just like, I don't know if I want to play basketball anymore. Wow. Oh wow. And then we won in twenty twelve. See, losing it does something. It definitely does something, yeah. doesn't it? That's what I it's no fun, but boy does it mm-hmm. motivate. Um, what about your cheer? For so for something or someone? Um, I cheer for young women, not just here in this room, but I cheer for young women and for each of you guys to know your value and to not settle for anything less than what you deserve. And that comes in sports, that comes especially in relationships and in anything else. But you guys are at that age right now, and I really cheer that you will know you're beautiful, you're smart, you're funny, you got all these great things that you guys have. Don't let anybody devalue who you are and what you are and what you will be one day and what you are right now because you literally will change the world. And I cheer for each one of you to be the best, to be the greatest, and to have an attitude of gratitude. is she, Tamika? I, I think that's the best cheer we've ever had. Outside of Billie Jean King actually giving a cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> oh, it cracks me up. Just thinking back to that. But oh, that was so good. Tamika, I love you.
and our listeners couldn't see it, but you actually teared up a little bit when Tamika was saying all of that. Yeah, I did. Because it's like every message every young woman and, and boy should hear, right? Know your value. Everyone should hear that. Yeah, true. And I loved all of her wisdom about Pat Summit as well and sharing Pat Summit's legacy, which really is immense when you, you, you start to hear the number of lives that Pat Summit has touched. A takeaway for me regarding what Tamika said about Pat Summit was that Tamika said Pat Summit had presence that when she walked in the room, everyone knew it. And I had the opportunity to work the basketball side of things at your camp this summer, meaning I got to see Tamika in action. And I'll have to say that she also has a presence. Mm -hmm. When she walks into a room, you can feel it. It's like the room is instantly brighter. Mm -hmm. I agree. I felt fortunate getting a chance just to hang out with her. And I was learning from her, watching her coach these girls, thinking like, gosh, this is what she learned from Pat Summit. But even more so, it's just who Tamika is as a person and a leader too. Yeah. And I and I always think my takeaway is that, you know, lucky are the ones who have a Pat Summit-like figure in their lives or a Tamika-like figure in their lives. And if you have someone like that in your life, one, go hug that person and thank them and tell them how much they mean in your life. And two, never underestimate your power to be that person, right? Because... Again, it goes back to our theme at the Leadership Academy, that leadership is personal, not positional. You don't have to be the CEO or the president or a person in a position of power to make a difference in someone's life. You can be that Pat Summit difference maker. Uh, You don't even necessarily have to be a coach, right? But you have the power to help someone's life and to make it, um, you know, how Robin Roberts always says, make your mess your message. You have the power to make, to help someone get through a hard time or to teach them that what they're going through with this challenge is something that actually will make them stronger and become their superpower. And that's what I heard with Tamika so much. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and Pat helped her get there, right? Mm -hmm. Helped her realize like what you have, actually, you're going to share with the world and this is going to be your superpower. And now for those who are struggling with something similar or just struggling, they're also going to know they're going to get through it as well. So I hope people realize that we all have the power to do that, which is, I think, our message so consistently at the Leadership Academy as well. So she was the perfect guest and the perfect person in that sense to to share the week with us. I wish I could share more time with Tamika, actually. <laughs> I love her. She, so good. She is. She's just the best. She's just such She's just such a good person, so accomplished in her basketball career she's one of the greatest all-around basketball players Mm -hmm. of all time and yet she even said her for her what matters most is this foundation that she started so that speaks to the type of human being she is as well and speaking of her superpowers Tamika phrased it something you did at camp in the classroom session was talk about the idea of flip it Mm-hmm. Can you explain that concept a little bit? Turning a negative into a positive. 
So flipping it, having the perspective to say, ah, this stinks right now, but it's going to help me going forward. Again, we go back to which she should be a guest, Carol Dweck, Growth Mindset. Carol, you, let's go, sister. (laughs) All right, Lynn, questions permitted? Yes, I've got a good one for you this week, Jules. It comes from Amanda McDonald. She says, high school cross-country coach here. What do you feel are the three most important attributes of a coach? Hashtag never stop learning. And that hashtag would be in reference to our BJK podcast. So Amanda, thank you so much for listening. And Julie, that's a great question. Uh, This is perfect timing because we are talking Pat's Summit right now. Um, I would say K-Y-S is my first one. Do you know what that stands for? K-Y-S? Know your shit. Oh. Okay? Know your shit, one. Got to know your shit to be an outstanding coach, okay? But beyond that, I'm glad you asked for three, Amanda. Two, be a life coach, right? It's Mm. not just about the X's and O's. And gosh, please do not just teach the X's and O's. Like, teach them how to be great human beings. Hmm. That's, I think, the most important role of a coach, actually. I care much less about X's and O's and KYS's. Just, like, be a life coach. Help them through life and be good human beings. And three which I, you know where I'm going with this one, Lynn, because I never stop talking about it. Like, find the joy in what you're doing. <laughs> like, have fun. Laughter permitted. <laughs> Don't take sports so serious. It's just sports after all. Let's find a little more joy in what we're doing. All right, that does it for us. Thank you to our Dope Village for listening. As always, please tell a friend or 500 about the podcast because every single listener counts. And please be sure to hit us up on social media. Also, don't forget to support another Red Woman, the amazing Kate Diaz, a Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy alum who wrote and performed our theme music. She's on Spotify and Apple Music. And as we leave you today, a friendly reminder to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We love your comments. You leave there. Actually, Lynn texts them to me consistently, which is super cute. And I'm just like, oh, that's so cute. Thank you. Uh, You can follow us on Spotify and we're on iHeartRadio app because it's all part of our master plan to spread the dope village and have global dominance. And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter permitted. Get your butt down. Get your arm out. Don't forget to check out another great ESPN podcast. That's what she said with Sarah Spain. This week, Sarah catches up with a former colleague of ours, the great Lindsay Zarniak, TV anchor and sideline reporter, who definitely has her finger on the pulse of D.C. sports. And geez, things are rocking over there these days in the wake of the Nationals World Series amazing win. So download and subscribe to That's What She Said wherever you get your podcasts. Go on. Go do it now.